Warning, this podcast contains strong content and may not be suitable for younger audiences. Please listen at your own discretion. Hi, I'm Mahani. Hi, I'm Erin with two R's. Welcome to Wine, Tea, and Tasty Reads. Hey guys, welcome back to Wine, Tea, and Tasty Reads. Episode 5! Episode 5. Today we're going to be covering chapters 10 through 19 of What Alice Forgot. By Leanne Moriarty. Leanne Moriarty. That's that's how I say her name. It's not in Sherlock. <laughs> Before we get going too far, let's get into the wine, shall we? So today I got us a Shiraz out of the Barossa Valley. It's the Shield Estate blend. The bouquet on it is lovely. They, you get some nice berry tones in there, a little bit of earthy tar, and the taste is lots of plum, lots of rich cherry, I mean, it's it's actually a Shiraz that tastes a lot like a Cabernet Sauvignon, to be perfectly honest with you. It's a gateway wine. It's a gateway <laughs> wine. So all of my cab drinkers, you guys are stuck. Try this one. Mm. Uh, we also decided to try drinking it straight out of the bottle. And, I mean, not literally straight out of the bottle, guys. I did. I did. <laughs> straight out of the bottle. We're not animals. It's been that week. <laughs> straight out of the bottle from a glass and we also tried aerating and filtering it and I personally like the aerated filtered version I think it opens the wine up a little bit more without the the aeration and the uh, filtration I kind of got a lot of briny notes over the top I didn't particularly care for it usually I'm I'm into that but it just, I didn't think it went nicely with this wine, but the aeration and the filtration really alleviated all of that, opened up all those nice fruit flavors, brought that plum forward, got a lot of bright cherry over the top, and all of that great earthiness was still at the bottom. Yeah, I agree. I do prefer it aerated than fresh out of the bottle in a glass. <laughs> so, let's go ahead and jump into the book. half finished this book just a reminder and so this whole podcast about this book is a spoiler if you're not caught up to where we've gotten to today I completely finished what Alice forgot and I read another book from later in her career as far as I know according to Google uh, that's called madly deeply guilty and I think there was I mean I know there was definitely some growth there And a lot of the things that I originally complained about in her writing were more refined in the other book. And I feel like I connected with the other book's characters more than I connected with Alice. I don't like Alice. And we're going to explain why we don't like Alice in just a bit. Neither one of us likes Alice. (laughs) Yeah. Go ahead. Just go ahead. So... I agree. I find the characters kind of unrelatable. In fact, there's more than a few notes in my notebook of what is wrong with everybody in this book. Mm -hmm. I think the last book we reviewed would be very beneficial to all of the characters in this book. Every single one of them. (laughs) Because I think they would benefit greatly from not giving a few fucks. Well, at 
I want to say in the defense of Nick and Bob. Yes, we like Nick and Bob. They should also read the book. However, I think they give a fuck about the right things. I, I tend to agree with you. That's that's kind of what it's looking like to me also. Okay. But let's backpedal a little bit to our chapter 11, which is where we're starting here. Um, Alice is in the hospital still. She still has not looked at herself in the mirror. And she starts this getting ready process and she kind of goes on autopilot. She starts putting on her makeup. She starts fixing her hair, showers, and all of this stuff. Yeah, muscle memory. Uh-huh. And she goes through this whole thing about, I don't want to look in the mirror. And I'm sitting here going, "Has have you never seen a 40-year-old's face? Like, what's... Does she think well, she's going to look like an old crone? I don't understand what this whole thing is. But at... Think about it. When when you in your wedding, we were in our what twenties, our mid to late twenties, mm-hmm. and we looked at our faces in the mirror with the makeup on, and we said, "We're old," you know, like, <laughs> and we were we were in our twenties. Yeah. <laughs> and now looking at my face now, if I had seen this face in the mirror when I was in twenties, oh, I would be like, "I look good." No, I <laughs> I really would be taken aback a little bit because there are my laugh lines are a little bit deeper now, and I do have little lines in my eyes. I don't mind. I think I look like I'm becoming my grandmother. But when you're not prepared for that, and when you miss, if I missed the last ten years, and now I look like I'm about to have a fortieth birthday party, first of all, I'm gonna be mad. I'm going to wonder why I didn't get Botox, even though I'm not the type of person to get Botox, I would have still wondered. I'd have been like, well, 10 years from now, Aaron, what the hell? (laughs) So I I get that. I did understand that part. Yeah, but she describes her light lines on her faces as cuts or scrapes or she, she was trying to go back in her head to remember, did I fall down forward or is I... Even in my 20s, I knew what a wrinkle looked like, a fine line. I knew what that looked like. stupid because when her sister showed up to the hospital, I don't know if we mentioned this last episode, but her sister showed up to the hospital and she was like, what happened to you? Half her life? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm getting really very frustrated with her constantly having to remind herself blindly that it's 10 years later it's it's one thing to go right 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 it's 10 years later right 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 it's 10 years later but she's not doing that it's it's just this constant no it's 10 years ago wait a minute i guess it's not it's infuriating i don't know i think we when we we did our pre-talk on this i think you mentioned that you're not sure how much research went into this book Mm -hmm. about victims of amnesia and medical diagnose I don't know <laughs> diagnosis or hospital practices right and <laughs> but I, you know obviously as somebody who who writes fiction I probably would not have looked into that very deeply because I fair. just yeah I, I wouldn't have said oh Mahani's gonna read this I need to make sure I have every you know, I got to have HIPAA, like, printed in the, the forward, you know? <laughs> or, you know, just a general sort of kind of understanding would have been fine. I mean, fine. do I make an appointment with my doctor and say, I'm writing a book, and I have some questions? No, I don't need a checkup. I just have questions for you. No. <laughs> you know, it's just, when would I have gotten that if I'm not in that 
I'm not in the circle where I could just ask. And that's a fair point. So I let it go, but no, you didn't. <laughs> I kind of let it go. I let it go as much as I could possibly. Is that better? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I did the best I could. Okay. Mm. But I personally, I would have asked. I would have asked somebody. You really, all you need to do is ask anybody who's a medical professional, but and they would have told you. Perhaps. No, perhaps. Like I said, I'm not around. I'm around teachers. So uh-huh. if I were writing a book, I I don't think I would have asked anybody about that. I would have been like, this is such a short, insignificant part of the book where the doctors are. T- the doctors didn't even have a name like, besides, you know, the EMT George Clooney, you know? Yeah. Like, but I don't think that that was... I don't think it's something that I, I need to dwell on as a faux pas in the book. Yeah, it's a faux pas, but it's just kind of... It takes a back seat, but Alice never acknowledged that she was actually in 2008. She never did. She kept saying it's... She she said everything that everybody wanted to hear, and that tells me that, in my character analysis, that old Alice was just as much as a people pleaser as new Alice, just with a different group of friends. I agree. I agree completely. She never, she just went along with everything. And I think to a degree that would be, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't understand the dynamic between her and Nick. Um, and I'll, I'll save that for the next episode when we actually have Nick arrive. Besides all we have is his phone call. We don't really know her dynamic with him. We don't know how they balanced each other out. And either way, I just feel like Alice is kind of an idiot. Yeah. She lies to her doctors and her nurses and her sister and everyone, telling them that she remembers things that she does not. And she just wants to go home, which I I get that. You want to go home. You want to get out of the hospital. They'll release you from care if you ask. But the problem is, if you lie to them, you can cause serious issues. So anyone out there who thinks this is a good idea, it's not. Please don't lie to Please your doctors. D- yeah, don't ever lie to your doctors. Let, you can lie to everybody else you want to. It, I'm, I'm not judging you. But do not lie to your, your caretakers, guys. I'm judging <laughs> you. There's really idea. no reason to lie about things. But also, it's life-threatening to lie to your doctors. Yep. So just don't, don't do it. Do it. I feel like we may have been bashing this book a lot, but the matter is, it's just a style difference for us. And I think stylistically, one thing that she does do very well is filter in those little pieces of memory that Alice has and she asks about. So there's like filtered in, like you said last week, the balloons or something, just a faint memory of something, having those sparks I think she does a good job of this third person limited. As far as I know, this is one of her earlier works. I don't know how long she was writing unpublished before, so I have nothing to compare it to. Nothing has been leaked. But um, I, I just, that is one of the things that she did well. I can see the setting in my head. It's not so much description where... I can't tell where I am or I can't tell that something somebody in Australia could probably say, oh, this is all very normal behavior. Whereas we're in the States and we do have a slightly different culture, except 
the kindergarten cocktail party. We just, we don't do that. Yeah, that's weird. That's really odd. I don't, I don't know about that. But <laughs> I think, I think Leon Moriarty really does well with showing us what's in somebody's head. I agree. I'm also going to praise her for putting me in the shoes of the character. Mm-hmm. I honestly think that her ability to do this is part of what I don't particularly care for about this book because I'm not a big fan of Alice <laughs> and I don't want to be in her shoes. Well, yeah, and I think it, all of the things that annoy us, I think, are just are well written. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot like a character and keep reading because it's actually quite well written. I don't have any complaints about character development, so to say. I just think Alice is a very shitty person. Yeah. I don't particularly care for her as a human being. Uh, which is why I don't want to be in her shoes. I don't want to be in her head. And that's Kind of why, I guess, it seems like we've been bashing this book. But I actually like the way it's written. I agree with you completely. Mm-hmm. I, I think the storyline is a little drawn out. But mm-hmm. I think it's interesting how she's doing it, if that makes any sense at all. I think it makes sense. And that's that's the primary reason why I looked into her life. Uh, not her life. I don't. I don't need to know all of that. I am not that person. <laughs> I hope she's out there doing well. But this is why I looked into a different novel of hers, and I'm glad I accidentally selected one that was from that was later or more recently published. I really did enjoy Madly Deeply Guilty. So if you enjoyed this book, I know for a fact you would enjoy that one because there's a lot of growth. And you really do get into the head of the characters. She does that so well. I just, style-wise, if she were writing in my genre, this is who I would read. I would have bought all of her books. But my genre is paranormal romance and fantasy. And I like I like autobiographies. I like nonfiction. I like nonfiction-inspired. So this, to me, was appealing when you told me about it. But for the most part, this is not necessarily what I read, but I like, I do like her style. Yeah, I agree. So we get Alice out of the hospital. Um, She ends up at her house, which for some reason surprises her is finished. And she talks about this whole impossible dream list that they've completed. And she was very surprised about this. For some reason, she doesn't think that it's 10 years later. And she finds out that she's hosting this kindergarten cocktail party with the other room mom. What the hell that is? <laughs> I don't understand what a kindergarten cocktail party is, guys. You know, actually, you know, I have to butt in as a mother. <laughs> I, my son participated in a program that was, um, it was a dual language program. So they did two languages. So they would learn English and they learned Vietnamese side by side. And they were in a cohort. They would stay together forever. So we did have the kids get together. So it was more of a play date. I understand play dates. A mom cocktail party? Can I tell you that me and these moms, though I love them dearly, if they're listening to this, thank you. But... I have never in in my life thought to have just 
a kindergarten mom cocktail party. If I were having a cocktail party, which I actually am having a cocktail party, I invite my friends. They're invited, but it's not just people with kindergarten students. That's just odd. And I mean, this thing is done up. We're talking cocktail dresses and high heel shoes. This thing's catered. She has shipments of alcohol coming in. There are no children. I mean, I have shipments of alcohol coming in, but... um. Well, so do I. (laughs) They're all judging us now. Whatever. And it's just, it's... It's very strange what's happening. Also, I, I, did, I did forget to mention, I thought the account of Elizabeth's miscarriage is absolute sheer punishment. Yeah, I, <laughs> I can't, as many friends of, dear friends that I know that have been through something like that, I can't, reading it, was so it almost, not okay to me. I I ended up trying to flip through it, and then I realized I missed something. So then I had to like relive that whole thing. It honestly almost made me feel a little dirty. It's it was it was awful to read. I I did not enjoy that at all. I think people will relate to that that have maybe been through it. Um, I'm worried that it'll make them relive it, but I think it's something that happens and that it's something that needs to be spoken about as opposed to something that's taboo and we don't talk about. So I do applaud her for putting that in there. And at the same time, it was definitely uncomfortable to read for me and obviously for you too. Yeah. I think I hear the tea kettle whistling, so (laughs) (laughs) we're going to take a little break here, get the tea on and we'll be back with you guys on Wine, Tea, and Tasty Reads. Hey guys, welcome back to episode five of wine tea and tasty reads we are talking about what alice forgot before we get back into the book let's go ahead and talk about our tea today we are still with brand carrie brew from haiti it's a american-based company owned by a haitian woman and we are drinking lemongrass mint tea and it's caffeine free it is loose leaf and it is very strong with the mint but mint is pretty strong anyway it's lemongrass lemon balm peppermint lemon verbena and spearmint so lots of lots and lots of mint but it's really refreshing i'm not usually going for mint and this lemongrass mint tea really just it, it's very well blended uh, the smelling if, if you smell it I, I can't get this open but smelling the tea as the loose leaf was really refreshing so I was looking really forward to drinking it and I mostly get the mint in there so if you're a mint fan then you'll like this also if you prefer something a little bit sweeter it does go great with honey if you like that combination I've also used uh, rock sugar Sugar. (laughs) not salt (laughs) to sweeten it for my husband because he likes his tea a little bit sweeter and he just he loves it I recommend the rock sugar because of the mint unless you are 
um, a big fan of honey with lemongrass. I, I just think the mint is so strong. I agree. That the rock sugar actually should be used with this. And normally I'm a don't sweeten it person. Uh, I'm right there with you. But <laughs> if you do like a little bit of sweetener, the rock sugar was a great addition for him. Um, he also says that honey would go great with this tea also. Agreed. So let's get back into the book, shall we? We finally get the freaking Gina story. Guys, can I just tell you how excited I was to get the Gina story? I don't even have the whole story. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and uh, once again, I'm going to have to say after this, no comment. Mercy. <laughs> so we find out that she's not the other woman. She was actually Alice's bestie. And she saw Gina die in a car accident at this street corner that apparently gave her a mild anxiety attack last time she saw it. Hmm. Understandably so. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have a I would have a nervous breakdown if I saw you die at a street corner. Um, how about we not even talk about that? Cause, um... Fair point. Moving on. <laughs> also, the pink balloons and the gray sky was a memory from Gina's funeral. Um, I just... I'm just so excited to have the Gina story. Yeah, I just, it, it just took so long to get something very important. But the, the, the fact of the matter is Alice still doesn't remember. And that's really a big issue. She has, that it didn't spark her memory, her best friend dying. She just knows that she had a best friend, her best friend died, she witnessed it. And just, that, and that the funny thing is that was, at this moment... The only traumatic event we have is her falling off of a spin bike. Like, that's just... It's it's underwhelming, <laughs> is the word. I tend to agree with you. Also, I'm not really sure how you could fall off a spin bike to that yeah, point, we, but... We talked about it. We it did. Just, Moving on. I, Sorry. I, I just... I can't... <laughs> Had from, to revisit. From a person who teaches spin, I just don't understand how that could happen. Moving on. Mm. So I brought up the idea earlier that Alice may possibly be suppressing her memories, maybe. Um, I'm going to revisit that idea. I'm thinking maybe she's pushing into this person that she doesn't really care for that she's become. Maybe I'm just giving her a little bit too much credit, but I'm choosing to believe this about Alice. Our beloved heroine of this very strange book. Unbeloved. 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 I don't love Alice. I think around this time, what was it around? What, what chapter are we on? 15, 15, 16. 16. Yeah, around this time, I was like, if this book doesn't end with a happy, happy everything and with the tide with a bow, I'm going to be very upset. And I... I am not the happy ending person. Like, I don't mind books ending open-ended. I don't mind possibilities of more books. I don't mind... I don't even really mind cliffhangers if it's a good one. And I'm... You know, there's some books that I I, I read... Um, Like I said, I am... In, I like paranormal romance. And it's really not the... 
Oh my God, she fell in love with a vampire. No, it's the ones that have an actual plot to it. <laughs> Gee, I wonder what you could possibly be talking about. Oh my God. <laughs> Just, uh, anyway. <laughs> but it, it's it's not that it's not just the whole plot is that the romance it's the plot is some sort of impending battle and i'm not actually talking about twilight um or the other book that you're thinking about that i'm not going to mention it's neither of those to be honest fair it just, I, I don't I, anyway let's not but it even in those books there's some sort of underlying like current that takes the reader forward. So yeah, there's some romance over there and you're just like, oh, okay, right. There's a little lamping there. Okay, right. You used what to do who? What? Okay, whatevs about this battle. You know, that type of stuff. There's an underlying current, but the only underlying current in this book is Alice's complete lack of knowledge about the last 10 years. And it just takes so long for things to be revealed that when they are revealed, you're like refreshed. And then you realize that's not even important yet. Like, it's just, uh, okay. Let me have my excitement over finding out about Jaina. All right, cool. <laughs> so we also see in chapter 16, her neighbor, Mrs. Bergen, Whatever. snubbing her. So I'm curious about that. We have had absolutely no inkling to or explanation of don't understand what's going on there you'll get that that's so minor to, to, to me it was just so minor i don't even know why that was there i think it was just to show that alice had very much changed so and we also get to meet alice's boyfriend dominic is it yeah super normal guy yeah super i actually kind of like dominic with a kid yeah i just He's, he seems kind of sweet. I don't know. He seems, yes. And he also seems very aloof. Yeah, I'll go along with that. Your girlfriend has zero memory of you and you're just still hanging out with her, which is, ah, okay, cool. But at the same time, she's just letting it happen. And that seems odd. I agree. I feel like she should have had some sort of emotional something in relation to Dominic and his actions towards her. I, didn't he like give her some sort of warm hug or something? It, it was, was a warm hug and a soft kiss during the cocktail party. And this elicited no emotional reaction of any sort, which I feel like as the significant other, I would be a little hurt by. And on the other side of the relationship, I would feel strange about somebody else kissing me and hugging me like that. So I would have had some sort of an emotional reaction. Anything at all. Because, you know, I'm not a robot. So why was there no emotional reaction at all? I think she just meant that there was no romantic feelings in her head that surrounded Dominic not so much that she didn't have a reaction I'm sure she tried to react the way she thought she should fair she's trying to make things normal okay I'll accept this because she's not she shouldn't have thrown the stupid cocktail party I agree and whoever this Kate person is she's a horrible like, human being oh Regina George <laughs> just <laughs> 
one time Regina George was wearing a speedo and uh, um, and so gee, guys. I went and got my own speedo like like Sarah's whatever letter. that it was just just that Regina George. Oh, please tell him you don't have to cancel. I would totally have it here or endless, but I can't. And it's just like, huh, see, I don't have a memory. Like, just, <laughs> why were that? Why were those not the words? <laughs> just, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. It's so annoying. We also get introduced to this gaggle of ladies that Elizabeth hangs out with for emotional support. And she makes statements like, I enjoy worrying, which... Kind of caught me off guard. I definitely feel that Elizabeth has been numb. Because how long has, you know, somewhere in that 10 years, she started trying, she and her husband started trying to have a kid and it didn't work. So they went with in vitro and obviously it, and it just, I feel like after so much disappointment, you do start to feel numb and you start numbing yourself to that. So you don't get stuck in disappointment, but you know, feeling nothing is not, not giving a fuck. It really is detrimental to your mental health. There we go. Yeah. And, um, I think her worrying makes her feel hope that she has emotions. Whereas before she just felt numb, she was kind of comatose in emotionville. That's a fair point. That makes sense. Actually. I, I didn't really think about that of course I've, I've never been in a point in my life where I've felt emotionally numb thank goodness but I have <laughs> yeah so <laughs> Which that, is that would that would make sense that you would understand that and I would not yeah at this moment Elizabeth was relatable actually I think Elizabeth stayed a little bit more on the human side this entire book we just didn't realize it until a lot later um at the beginning she just seemed like a figurehead of moral, I don't know, turpitude. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I agree. She, like that. Yeah, she seemed almost like an icon. Yeah. Was, and that was it. And now she's become a legitimate character. Well, and I think those letters that she writes to her doctor, that, like, well, it's not letters she's writing. She's doing homework for doctor whatever his name was they're essentially journal entries right so she's journaling but instead of just saying this is a journal entry about how i feel i feel like she she thinks that it's best to address it to someone so she's not just talking to herself or just writing right. her feelings she's directing it somewhere even though she knows that that doctor is not going to read that like it's not it's not for him so and we also get into these letters from Franny to this Those trip me person. so much. Well, initially, I thought she was writing to a friend that was not close, but now I'm thinking she's writing to a fiancé that had been lost, perhaps, and these are similar to journal entries also, hmm. uh, because it's, it's kind of instigated that Franny was never married, but she got very, very close with this young man that she's, she seems to be writing to. And the best I can assume is that he passed away, and that's why they didn't continue the relationship. But uh, she's still writing but to she's, this guy. Right, but she's still writing to him as almost like a imaginary figure that she writes to so that she can get stuff off her chest. 
almost like a like a meditation or or a prayer kind of activity. Mm-hmm. I think those. At, and at first, I thought they were both of those things were absolutely useless. I skipped over them the first time I read through this book. I just, I just skipped it. I did not think it was important. And then I went back and realized that those letters were giving us a little bit more insight from a different point of view. And it was meant, I think it was meant to give us insight to Alice's situation and also a little bit of Elizabeth's situation. So definitely don't skip those asides they seem unimportant at the time and they're actually pretty important and i think we should address the cute little elephants in the room (laughs) yeah so we get a subtle intro to the children from elizabeth Uh, we hear about madison tom and olivia tom is described as having behavioral problems Olivia is described as being absolutely delightful. Um, Elizabeth actually tells us a little story about her petting a cockroach. Oh, wow. I forgot about that. That's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. Alice seems the most interested in Madison, but Elizabeth kind of probably tells us the least about Madison. Yeah, she says Madison is just Madison. Yeah, that was her description of Madison, which is not a description at all except for her name. The best I can ascertain is perhaps maybe Madison is a lot like Elizabeth or not. I'm just staring at her. She's I know you can't at, see me. I just like stared at her and blinked. She's staring at me blinkly. It's, so it's, it's rather cruel what she's doing to me right now. Well, she didn't read where I thought she would read this week. So, that's you know, true. she gets what she gets. <laughs> That's, that's a fair point. I, I did not follow through with my assignment. It's all right. And we also have a, a lovely interaction between Alice and her boyfriend yet again with hot cocoa and some talking. I, I just, I, I would like to ask people, if your significant other, who you've only been dating for a short amount of time, loses their memory and you're included in the memory that they've forgotten... How much work do you do in that situation? Do you not feel awkward? Do you not feel like it's a situation that's uncharted? He walks in and I feel like he just goes in as if this is normal for him. Yeah. And, I, it, and it might be for him. Uh, that's concerning. But I, Alice has no freaking idea who you are, dude. Yeah. At this point, I feel like you should be taking it easy, maybe helping her. Yeah, back off a little bit. Put some dot, you know, dot to dot. Put some, put the, what are you, what are you like? Connect the dots. Connect the dots there. Thank you. And none of that is happening except when he, she asked him about Nick, which is. So inappropriate. That. I was going to say stupid, but that, and. The fact that he answers, I think he should have said something like, maybe you should talk to your sister, your mom. Or pretty much anyone other than me. Literally not the guy who's trying to be with you because you're not with Nick. (laughs) What is... But But instead, he just answers her questions, which makes her very happy, but at the same time makes me lose a lot of respect for him. I, I didn't lose respect for him. I just, 
I did. <laughs> at, at this point, I just added him to the list of characters that are not relatable. It, it just seemed so far-fetched that everybody was acting like everything was normal, knowing that nothing in her head was normal. Um, Elizabeth seems to be the only person that had some sort of reaction to the fact that old Alice was present and not new Alice. I guess this is a good place to stop because there's just so much. And I, I started a character analysis about the characters and the only person that really had true growth to me seems to be Elizabeth. I agree. That's, that's what I'm seeing also. And the story is more about Alice forgot her sisterhood with Elizabeth as opposed to what Alice forgot was the decade. I, I just starting, like all roads lead to that yeah. at this point in the book. And I will let you all figure out and Mahani will figure out how long that lasts <laughs> and what happens next. So next week we'll be back with the exciting conclusion to what Alice forgot. Exciting. And see, now I'm a little concerned. <laughs> no, no, no. You should be excited. I'm just super excited to find out what it is that she forgot. And I'm excited about meeting Nick and the children. I'm going to go ahead and assume that it's going to be better than these last 10 chapters. I think you're going to like the kids. I think so. Wonderful. We'd like to give a quick shout out to our guys over at Spec Sugarland. Frank, you never fail us. We absolutely love the wines you give us. Also a shout out to Caribou for their lemongrass mint tea this week. Definitely check them out. They're available online. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Wine Tea and Tasty Reads wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at Wine Tea Tasty Reads for fun extras and links to our bonus content. Cheers until next time. And remember, don't waste your time drinking bad wine. Don't oversteep your tea. And join us next week on Wine, Tea, and Tasty Reads, a Giro Music Production.